0: This is Credo on Radio Maria. Now we have on today's programme, Father Xavier Perrin. He is the abbot of Corr Abbey at the Isle of Wight. He is a Benedictine monk and today his topic to share with us is Benedictine prayer. Good evening, Father Xavier.
1: Good evening, Elena. Nice to hear you.
0: Oh, it's nice to hear you as well. Your listeners are all yours.
1: Thank you very much indeed, and a good evening to everyone. Yes, I'm the Abbot of Quorabi on the Isle of Wight, and we have a life which is rhythmed by prayer, because we are contemplative monks. And following the rule of Saint Benedict, we have a life which is centered on the divine office, uh, which is the main expression of our prayer, but we have also two other ways of nourishing our prayer life, which are which are our personal prayer and our read, spiritual reading, which we call lectio divina. So I would like to to speak this evening about these three realities: the divine office, personal prayer, and lectio divina, and see how they work together to make one life of prayer Uh, prayer is about uh, having a conversation with god listening to him and speaking with him to him let's begin with the divine office what we call the divine office which Saint benedict in in his role which is written in latin called opus dei the work of God, which means probably the work which is done for God, or which is uh, done also with God and in the presence of God. The center of the divine office of the work of God is, of course, for us, the daily mass, the daily celebration of the Holy Eucharist. There, at Mass, we have I would say everything we have the the people of god gathered around the altar of the lord we have the word of god in the first part of Mass, and then we have the sacrament of uh, the body and blood of christ building up the communion which is the church and so any christian life really is built on the eucharist built on mass every sunday and also if possible more often every day the daily mass and of course in a life like the monk Monk's life, which is a life centred on God, searching from, for God, daily Mass is very important. It is at the centre of our community life. Every day we gather together as a whole community. The priest can celebrate Mass, and the brothers who are not priests are present all we communicate to the body and blood of Christ, and we receive our unity from Christ himself, the high priest who is giving his body, his blood, his life to be our life, the life of the church, the love of our community. Mass is very important, and so important that we feel the need to have also a daily rhythm of prayers. We go seven times a day, according to the rule of Saint Benedict, we go seven times a day to the church. And there we gather for what we call the divine office. These are not masses properly, they are celebrations of the Liturgy of the Hours with uh, Psalms, uh, readings, canticles, intercessions, Our Father. There are seven prayers. The first one is at in our monastery, it's 30 in the morning. And it is called the night prayer, although we are coming into a season when it will be already daylight uh, uh, at 5 o'clock, at least in June, May, June. We have daylight at that moment. But it is nevertheless a prayer in the night or close to the night in a time when not everybody is already rushing into daily activities. And it is a long vigil, three quarters of an hour, up to one hour or a little more sometimes, a long vigil with psalms and readings of the Word of God and the commentaries on the Word of God written by the Fathers of the Church. Then we have a break, and then we have the offices of the day proper, which two great offices, the morning office, which is called lords, a word which means praise, uh, which lasts half an hour and is at seven o'clock. And we have the evening office, which is called Vespers, a word which means prayer of the evening properly, uh, which is also half an hour and is at about five or six in the afternoon. These are the two main offices of the day, Lords in the morning, Vespers in the evening and then we have what we call the little hours which are just uh, short prayers for which we gather in the church for uh, 10 minutes Uh, we it is we have the third hour at nine o'clock the sixth sixth hour sixth hour at one o'clock and the ninth hour at three o'clock in the afternoon And finally, we have the last prayer of the day, which is Compline, which is celebrated uh, at eight o'clock, and which lasts twenty minutes. So we have seven times a day uh, a sort of crown of prayer. Or, if you wish uh, another image, you can imagine like something like a bridge over crossing a river, and the times of. Uh, when we gather are the pillars uh, uh, in the river and the bridge is what we call the continual prayer The, the fact that we are trying never to forget about God always to be in sort of supple contact with him we cannot pray all the time we are not angels we are not able to do that but at least we go back to prayer often as a community, seven times a day, and also in between the offices, while we all try to get con- in contact with God with a short prayer or an invocation during our work, during our activities. So the, this prayer is a pattern, a daily pattern of prayer, which supports and structures, really, the life of the monks. And of course it's not only the prayer of our community, it is, and it is essential, it is the prayer of the church with a great C, the church itself. And we pray with the prayers of the church, with the words of the church, with the songs and chants of the church, and we pray in the middle of the church. We are not only pious people who try to be praying for themselves and for a very private relationship with God. Our prayer is essentially a universal prayer. We are praying for the whole world. We are praying with the whole of humanity. Moreover, we are connected with the saints in heaven, with the source, in purification, in the purgatory, and we are with all who have been Christians before, who have believed before us, and we all will come after us. It is a universal prayer, a great prayer which we which shapes uh, our life and gives it its daily pattern, also its weekly pattern because of course, Sunday and festivals are very important, and finally gives it his annual pattern with the liturgical year centered on one side with on Christmas and on the other end on uh, on Easter, and we are always going through the liturgical cycles of the feast and the celebrations of the Lord, so that we have over one year, um, I would say, a full picture, a full picture of the mysteries of God and the celebrations of the life of Christ. So that is what I wanted to say about the divine office, which is the, the first and the central form of our uh, prayer life. Uh, I will say now a word on personal uh, prayer, unless we want to have a musical uh, pause of a second, if it is possible.
0: Yeah, let's, let's have a little break. I have found. I hope this doesn't make you blush. I have found some music from the monks of Kor Abbey. I'm not sure if this will be you singing, Father Xavier. But let's have a short musical break. And uh, this is Magnificat. Magnificat
2: animal. On this general, say We are here to make on your weak potence. let know. Potential of Embrace, you so. Distress They our target Oh eu ero so, misericordia, se por novo sacerdota para
0: And that is the Voices of Cor Abbey. Today on Credo, we have with us Father Xavier Perrin. He is the abbot of Cor Abbey, which is a Benedictine monastery. And he has been sharing with us the Benedictine prayer life. So far, we've been talking about the divine office the seven pillars that hold up as a bridge, the pillars of our prayer life. And now, Father Xavier is going to share with us more about personal prayer. Father Xavier, our listeners are all yours.
1: Thank you very much. As you could uh, notice by listening to this music, the when we are in the office, we are in community and we are singing with our Body, our voices, and we follow a very simple pattern of melody, uh, which is, uh, and always saying the texts of the Psalms the or here it the Magnifica, the Canticle of Our Lady, and it c- creates a, an atmosphere of, of peace and. Uh, recollection and sometimes when we go out of the office we are not saying oh now it's finished let's let's do something else on the contrary we have been put into a climate of prayer and we feel the need to to enter again uh, into the church and to have a more personal time of prayer we need both rhythms in our lives the life the rhythm of the community, the group, and we need to be supported by a community of faithful who gather together, express their faith and their hope in, in, in prayer. But we need also a personal time, a time when I can speak for myself or simply be quiet, be in silence in front of God. This personal prayer may take all sorts of uh, form. We we know all about what we call the devotional prayers. Uh, We like to pray to Our Lady in the Rosary. We like to pray to the saints we may have. Certain special prayers for the saints, which we know, and special saints, which we specially love, who have been more important in our lives, or whom who we want to implore for this or that. And we have also uh, these classical prayers, which are the Stations of the Cross, which probably in Lent we are more attentive to to do more often. And also all sorts of other prayers, I think, of the the Rosary of Divine Mercy and all other prayers like that. So this devotional prayer can be said in, in a group together, but it can also adapt or fit to a very personal uh, rhythm. And in we, we, we give the pace. When we are singing together the psalmody, we have to follow the, the the rhythm of the group. When we are on our own, we can be quietly following our own rhythm and developing a, a more personal encounter with the saints, with Jesus through the saints with the father through jesus in the spirit and that leads us also to another form of personal prayer which is what i would call the meditative prayer or the contemplative prayer maybe big titles for a reality which is sometimes very simple we all remember this humble man who was in the church in the parish where the parish priest of ours was Saint John Mary Vianney was the priest and he was at the back of the church and the curé asked him but what are you doing and he said I look at him and he looks at me and he was showing the cross so that is more often what our prayer is like we are in front of a crucifix we are in the church for a time of personal prayer we are in the presence of god in the tabernacle we are in the place where there is maybe a, a bible or an icon and or we can be also in the nature in the wood in the lovely countryside where we are find silence and peace and there we we open our heart we let our heart be visited by god we open our heart as as much as we can personal prayer is not about having extraordinary experiences of i don't know what Uh, it is rather about listening to the spirit of god The spirit is praying in us of course he is praying during the divine office he is praying in the church he is praying in all hearts but now when i am on my own i can listen to the prayer to the prayer of the spirit in my heart. St. Paul famously says, we we do not know how to pray so as we would pray as we ought. No, we don't know. But we have received the Holy Spirit at our baptism. We have received this spirit of prayer. And the Spirit intercedes for us. And he prays in us. Saint Paul even uses a very uh, a strong word. He said that the spirit groans in us. He speaks of the groaning of the spirit in us. So it can be a groaning of question, uh, anguish, uh, and that sort of thing. But it also can also be what I would call a, a peaceful, quiet groaning, Uh, the the sound of the soul, the sound of the soul, the the deep sound of my soul. When I address my Creator, God, my Savior, Jesus, my Father, Abba, Father, the Spirit cries in us, Abba, Father. So if we want to, to listen to the Spirit in that way, we have to, to go back regularly two times of personal prayer. Uh, and this personal prayer has to last a little, not to be too quick. Uh, not only saying one or two prayers a bit quickly, although it is very good, but uh, stopping, stopping for a while. and. Uh, remaining silent of course at first it is it is difficult it is daunting to to remain silent and we have the impression that nothing is happening that uh, uh, it is just Uh, Yes, a nonsense, there's nothing happening. But if we persevere in this silence, if we enter a deeper silence, then we perceive, we perceive the groaning of the Spirit in our heart. We perceive this movement, this subtle movement of prayer coming from, uh, created by the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and going directly our father because our father is not far from us he is not far above so long so long away and and beyond everything yes of course he is the great god beyond everything but as our father he is close to each of us and it we, there would, be, would certainly be something missing in our prayer life if we had not at least uh, at some moments, if we were not in contact through faith with him, we, if we would not honor his presence in our life. So this time of personal prayer, or time when we listen to the Spirit praying in us, and we listen also to God, speaking to us or god does not speak to us by usually by words or by uh, messages or by sending uh, emails or letters no he he is not uh, as a voice in my head it's much deeper than that it is the the answer of his law You know very well this experience of being uh, in the presence of someone who loves you, and you just turn your gaze towards this man or this woman, and you receive a gaze which is filled with love. And it is an answer. It is an answer filled with love. And that is what we are looking for in our prayer life we we are looking for the gaze of Christ on our soul you know in the gospel when jesus saw uh, the, the people coming to them to him and he would begin to love them to see and to love them and it is what we are looking for when we are in prayer we want to be uh, looked at by God or, really, or because we are already looked at by him we want to realize in the silence of our heart that we are loved not because we are better than anyone but because God is love because God himself is sheer love and prayer life is thirsting for this encounter thirsting for this uh, Love of God, which comes to us even in the midst of difficulties and trials and all sort of uh, difficult times for ourselves or for the world, we have the right and I would say even the the duty to sit down or to kneel and to make ourselves totally available for. God's love. God wants to love us, to show us his love, and he wants us to honor his love. You remember Mary, the sister of Martha, sitting at the feet of the Lord and listening to him. That is a, a wonderful image of what it is to be in silent prayer. I will stop here with personal prayer and probably before I move to the next point I'm sure Elena will find some lovely music for us.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I have, I have I have Psalm one oh nine uh performed by another Benedictine Abbey, uh Buckfast Abbey. So listeners, we will let us have that and have a break to contemplate and perhaps maybe open, open our hearts and minds to the words and to the Lord. And we'll be right back with Father Xavier Perrin. is Credo on Radio Maria. Today's speaker is Father Xavier Perenv, who is the abbot of Buckfast Abbey, a Benedictine monastery on the Isle of Wight that is open for pilgrims, for visitors to come visit and to spend some time in prayer. Father Xavier has been sharing with us the different ways that the Benedictines pray, which includes the Divine Office, conversation with God, personal time with God. And he's got a little, uh, I believe he's got one more section to finish off. Is that right, Father Xavier?
1: Absolutely. If I may correct you, I'm not the abbot of Buckfast, but of
0: Corabby. Oh, you're right! <laughs> Sorry, the song we just played was from the yes. choir of Buckfast. Yes. Thank you. Don't go to Buckfast, go to <laughs> well, Yeah, Buckfast
1: is a very good place, go, go, go where you wish. But, uh, <laughs> So I've spoken of the divine office, and I've also spoken of the personal prayer. And we could say, well, that's enough. Uh, wh- what else do you want to do? Well, in the monastic tradition, we have something which is also very important, which is what we call the Lexio Divina the divine reading would be a sort of translation, or the spiritual reading, a more modern translation. What is it about? Well, the monks soon realized that if they wanted to sustain a life of prayer, be it a personal prayer or a community prayer, they had to have a real the knowledge of the word of God. Uh, When when God, Saint Jerome said, when you read, God speaks to you, when you pray, you speak to him. So if we want to answer God correctly, we have to listen to him in the silence of our heart, but also in his word. Because God has made the effort, if I can say so, to speak many words to us, which are what fills fills our our Bibles. All these words of God, which we can be considered all together as one revelation of God, one big word of God, uh, made up of stories of prophecies, of poems, of meditations, of gospels, of epistles or letters, of revelations. And all this part of the Word of God have to be present to our mind and our heart if we want to know God better. And as you know by your own experience god is always new always surprising always as new thing to to show us about himself and ourselves so we we read uh, we spend uh, not a small time of the day uh, every day uh, the monks would spend uh, a few hours reading the Word of God, the Bible proper, and then all that can help us understand the Word of God. So the commentaries on the Word of God, the homilies which have been preached, especially by those who are called the fathers of the Church, that means the doctors and uh, bishops who between the second and the sixth century uh, expounded uh, to their peoples the text of the Bible. And what a special gift uh, of expression and understanding. And we are all the disciples of these great men. So we we read the, the, the Fathers of the Church, and then we read all the theologians and the spiritual author who speak of the Bible, and help us to understand what it is that God is saying us about himself, about uh, ourselves. So it can, a part of this Lectio Divina is about getting information or to get uh, a better knowledge of God. And if we have studied or meditated on a text uh, in advance. Then when this text turns up, uh, the Sunday's gospel, for instance, then it is already a friend. We know about it. And we can connect with it much quicker. And we can understand what sense it makes in connection with the other text of the literature of the day and the text of the literature in general. So that is one part. It is to get knowledge and information. But it is more than that. It is also uh, a way to, to receive the word of God. Sometimes we understand the word of God. At other times, it remains a bit obscure or difficult to understand or challenging or in a sense we find it hard what is asked from us in the word of god so uh, jesus at this First of, this, of his parables, which is marvelous, the sower has gone out to sow the seed. And he explained that the seed is the word of God. And we, we, the preachers do that when they, they, they command the, the, the word of God. The missionaries explain the word of God. But we have to be the sowers uh, for ourselves, to sow the word in the ground of our soul. And sometimes we just read a text and it doesn't seem to make much sense or at least much impression on us. But we, we sow it in our heart and at some point it will bring fruit. Uh, something will grow from that. And uh, a Christian is a man, a woman, who is, whose life is nourished by the word of God. Because there is such a big difference between between all the words of men, all the words that we spend our days saying uh, about everything and as you know, so much superficiality, uh, nonsense, not to speak of lies and all bad things which are said. But even the best among us, we have so many words which are very poor and don't mean anything really. Where are the Word of God, the Word of God, has this very special strength to to touch our heart and to transform our lives, we have all heard words we have changed our life or helped us convert and change the way we behave. So uh, exposing ourselves to the to the Word of God is sowing the Word in our life and with the f- faith and hope that this Word will have a transforming force uh, in our lives, so we we receive the light we we know better who is God what he says to us how he saves us what he's expecting from us the commandments he gives to us and we saw all that in our souls in our memory in our hearts in our minds and we try that these words Become life in us and transform uh, our lives. We try to to have a life according to the word. So this lectio divina can, at some moments, we we can be with the the Bible and uh, studying with mind and very active, but at other moments we will be just stopping in admiration or adoration because suddenly we have perceived a word which is infinite uh, and we adore god's presence or we have perceived received a word which really challenges us and say yes i have to change i have to do better Uh, i have to to change something in my life and, oh, I must go and ask forgiveness, or I must go and help uh, my neighbor, and I must try again to to love this difficult neighbor, which is in my life, this difficult brother in my community, for instance, stimulated by the word of God. So this Lectio Divina is, uh, again, a form of encounter with God, a form of conversation with God. And we could say that it is true of the three elements which are part of the prayer life according to the spirit and the rule of Saint Benedict, the divine office when we are gathered together in the church, praising God and intercessing, interceding for the whole world, the personal prayer life when at our own rhythm we enter in communication in a very deep and personal way with our God, and then the Lectio Divina, when we listen attentively and with our whole heart to the word which God addresses us so that our lives may be bettered and transformed by the strength of his word. It is a pattern of life. And all these activities of his personal prayer Lectio Divina or nourish one another. And they are lived in connection with one another. Of course, you you could ask me, you could tell me, well, it's beautiful, you're a monk, you're in a monastery, you have nothing else to do, you have a beautiful uh, place and quiet place for that. And of course, you can do that. But we, we have a family and we have a work and we are in the world and we have no silence. What can we do? Uh, Can we inspire ourselves from this Benedictine? way of prayer i think you can i think you can because uh, we have all uh, the same prayer life which is rooted in our baptism in the gift of the holy spirit received at our baptism and and given in a very special way by the sacrament of confirmation the holy spirit is wishing to pray in all our hearts is groaning in our hearts in all hearts so in your heart in my heart in your conditions of life in my condition and so uh, what to begin with Uh, well we you can feel already more attracted by the liturgical prayer or the personal prayer or the reading of the word of God. And if you have already uh, uh, an attraction for that, well focus on that, begin with that. And that will lead you uh, further. That will lead you further. If you begin with the with the Bible, it will lead you lead you to the liturgy and the prayer. If you begin with a prayer life, personal prayer life, you will feel the need to join a community and feel the need to read the Word of God. And if you uh, time from time to time celebrate a part of the divine office, be it by attending uh, vespers or in in our lords in in your parish wherever it is possible, or simply by taking the the book of the liturgy of hours and trying to pray in communion with uh, all who say the same prayers on the same day, that also will lead you. To be closer to God and to search His Word. So don't be afraid or, or um, discouraged by my 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 words this evening. On the contrary, uh, feel that uh, the the main thing to progress in our prayer life is to ask the Holy Spirit. Uh, yesterday I was I was giving a, a a talk to young people in the United States by Zoom, and one of the young men asked me, "Father, tell us how can I fall in love with prayer?" Beautiful question. How can I fall in love with prayer? And I, th- I think the answer to this question is the Holy Spirit. You, we have received the Holy Spirit. We do not know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit is praying, groaning in our hearts, and he, if we giving the place, he will create in our hearts a prayer which pleases God our Father. That is my, my wish for you, and I, I will stop here Uh, now and I'm happy to take any questions which you would like to address to me and try to answer if I can. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Father Xavier. Listeners, this is your opportunity. Perhaps you'd like to share some of your reflections. How important is the divine office to you? Do you say it? Do Do you have any advice to your fellow listeners on how you're able to fall in love with prayer? As Father Xavier liked to put it. The number to call is zero one, two two three, three seven five, five six four. If you're dialing outside of the United Kingdom, the number is zero zero, four four, one, two two three, three seven five, five six four. Give us a call. This is Credo on Radio Maria. And we have Father Xavier Perrin, who is the Abbot of Cor Abbey on the Isle of Wight. And he has been sharing with us the three main uh, sections, parts of Benedictine prayer, divine office, personal prayer life, and Lectio Divina. Mm. Father Xavier, what I really loved hearing is you 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 quoted Saint Vilni about I look at him and he looks at me and I find when I'm in nature because I thought this is my young contemporary person I'm a charismatic person like oh I will pray in nature because that's amongst God's creation but I get lost and I don't know what to do and I'm thinking but when I look when I'm in church and I've got the stained glass windows or I've got the statues or I've got any of those areas I can look and that so your your words to me this morning this evening (laughs) really hit home and that's made me realize more and more why in my home it's important to have that prayer place, where I can have perhaps the, the crucifix or something to concentrate on and to look at him and let him look at me.
1: Yes, I think you're, you're absolutely right. We, we need to have these um, this signs of um, God's presence in our life. Uh, some people find it in nature very easily because the nature is, is a place where God's glory in creation is manifested and there is a, a greatness in nature which speaks from beyond and it speaks from something greater than us and we are more easily humble in in nature when we are especially when they we have great vistas or or uh, beautiful sea or whatever uh, we have this this feeling that we are in in the presence of something which which is far bigger than us and then we it is a way to relate also by beauty with god but of course we that is one way, and, and another way which is complementary, as you say, is what we have, the images, which we can find in the churches or in our house, the icons. It is a very uh, classical way to to relate with God through images. Uh, of course, we are not uh, pagans, we are not idolaters, and we don't uh, uh, adore the icons, but through the icon we go to the the one who is represented on the icons and the saints and through the saints we go to Jesus himself, who is the icon of the Father, the image of the Father. So we are always looking for his face, I think, we are always looking for the special beauty which comes from the beauty of the face of Christ, be it on the Transfiguration as we had not uh, uh, last Sunday, but the Sunday before, or even on the cross when, of course, he is not transfigured but rather defigured and uh, he is no more. He has no more beauty. But he has a, a deeper uh, presence uh, a divine presence in the midst of suffering, which is the sort of uh, special beauty of the cross and it 's only by facing that these realities that we become closer to to him, and we begin to to know him and of course the the, the, the another place where we can find the face of the Lord is the faces of our neighbors, yeah. the members mm-hmm. of the family, and uh, when we have all these faces in our heart, and I suppose the, uh, a mother like you has uh, her children all the time and husband all the time in her heart as a presence, and she she can see also uh, something of the glory of God in in this marvelous. Uh, Faces and she, we 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 can see our neighbor in the light of Christ, as he, as Christ loves him or her, as Christ wants him or her to be and to become, and so prayer as transforms our uh, our outlook, the way we we look at things, we lay the way we look at others, and we. Uh, we are not uh, totally better when we go out of the of the prayer, because of course we are sinners and we remain very weak. But at the same time, we we are quieter and we have renewed our uh, the way we look at things, at situations, at uh, at others, and that is one of the great fruits uh, of prayers. I think.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh Father Xavier we have we have we've come to the end of our program today listeners thank you so much for listening in do know that you are always welcome to call and to share your thoughts or your questions with our speakers Father Xavier as you put us as as we end the evening would you mind uh praying over our listeners tonight
1: yes thank you very much for inviting me to this it is a great honor and so we we gather together in the in the invisible community that we are, wherever we are. And we don't need to know the numbers. We do not see the faces, but uh, we are gathered together by the same Father in heaven, the same Father of whom we are the children. And even the beloved children. The Father is looking at His Son eternally, and in His Son He sees each of us this evening. Each of us, He sees us right now. He is looking at us with intense love.